still just testing, or are we going for real? We can go for real. Oh, boy. Okay, edit that part out. <laughs> That's going to be the new intro. <laughs> <laughs> that would be horrible, and everyone will tune out ASAP. <laughs> oh, be the best thing boy. ever. It's, it's decent. It's decent. Mm-hmm. Well, hello again. Hi. This is Let's Never Meet. I'm Elle. I'm Rissa. And we're here to tell you really good stories. Yeah, so we're going... Um, we went big last time, and we're going bigger this time, and then we'll get back to a small local one, I think. Go big or go home. Yeah, and I don't want to go home. No, I don't either. I am home, actually. Yeah, though. sort of. Yeah. And we're in the garage. Yeah, and we're hiding from critters. Or yeah, there's a pretty sure mouse infestation in here. There's one almost on my shoulder just a minute ago. <laughs> yeah, I did not like that. No, not here for it. Okay, should we just get started? I think mm, do we, uh, we don't have any updates because we just recorded, and we haven't even released it yet. Oh so. yeah, so we definitely don't have no nope, updates. No updates. <laughs> Nobody's been able to tell us we were wrong yet. <laughs> okay. Well, we never are, so that's. I had to put my good glasses on for this one. Great, because there's a lot. If y'all didn't just hear that, that was a weird noise, and I don't know what caused it. Put on my good glasses so I can see because these notes are cray cray. Went a little wild. I couldn't help it. So, this little, well, a couple episodes probably because, like I said, I went a little crazy on the notes, <laughs> is the story of Theodore Robert Cowell, a.k.a. Ted Bundy. Ooh. With that Netflix movie coming out, quite the hot topic. That movie was so good. And see, people, okay, so people, I'm going to talk about, the, it's at the end of my notes, but I'm going to talk about it now. People are so <laughs> mad about the movie. I know. Because they thought they were going to get to see Ted Bundy just butchering women the whole time. <laughs> Which is not even what it's about. No. If anyone paid any attention to anything about it, it's about his longtime girlfriend Liz's point of view. Right. If you had heard or been excited about it at all, you would have already looked into it and known and right. read an article that said, this is not going to glorify what he did. Right. And well, and but I mean, if you have Zach Efron portraying him, he fucking glorifying everything. Yeah, he looks good from start to finish. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, even as a crazy. Right. I'm thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> but like, and also people were saying like, oh, they made him so attractive. And but, no, but he yeah, is. that was the point. You <laughs> and Ted Bundy's not. But, well, Zac but Zac apparently Efron for the '70s, Ted Bundy was the rage. I guess. I don't understand it really. I'm not here for it. No. I'm here for Zac Efron. I am here for some of the things Ted Bundy does. They're just <laughs> absolutely bananas. <laughs> but not him, looks wise. Right. But or like his. His personality wasn't that great yeah, his, either. <laughs> I mean, parts I think were. It was yeah. just, you know, the wanting to murder people part right. that was bad. That's generally frowned upon. A little bit. So, I broke this down into sections, okay? It's like a Wikipedia page. Yeah, you better <laughs> buckle up, because this... Saddle up, kids. This is it's a, a long, long ride. One. Yeah. <laughs> better get comfortable. Get yeah. some drinks, some snacks. Settle in. Use the bathroom now. Yes. <laughs> There's not going to be any break. breaks. <laughs> that was a really short bathroom break. Yeah, well. Well, I mean, snap, snap. We got things to do. Right. Okay, so Ted a.k.a. Theodore Robert Cowell, was born on November 24th, 1946 in Vermont. Which is, is pointless because it's nowhere near where... I was he, just going to say, isn't that he, like he the opposite side of the he, country? Yeah, he doesn't grow up there. So his young mother, Eleanor, um, doesn't put a dad on the birth certificate. Well, she puts a dad on there, but like nobody knows who he is or if he's really the dad. or It's just like a name. So she <laughs> first good. she first says that um, it's an Air Force man that's his dad. 
and gives this name that turns out to never have been in the Air Force and not a person. <laughs> and then she says, well, I was seduced by a sailor with this random name. That's, oh, that's also like the complete opposite. Never been, never was a Navy. <laughs> like, it was never there. So um, it's questioned and kind of thought that maybe Eleanor's biological father, Samuel, is Ted's biological father. That makes sense. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it doesn't make sense, but that yeah. makes sense why she would. Right. She had go to make up that. somebody. Right. I mean, try to find a person's name that's a real person, maybe, but. <laughs> well, the internet wasn't a thing. That's true. She just had But to... the phone book was. Right. Like, or pick a name like. Pick John a general Smith. name. Like, yeah. Can't, there's like a thousand of them. You can't yeah. figure out which one it was. Right? I don't know which one it was. Yeah. Yeah, but she picked, like, really weird names. There are, like, three name names. Yeah, people are going to find out. Yeah. So, here's a fun fact, too. Ted was raised in Philadelphia by his grandparents, thinking Eleanor was his sister. That's bizarre. Because there was such a stigma for him being born to an unwed mother that they thought it would be easier if he grew up thinking that that was his sister. Which, I mean, if that's his biological dad is his grandpa, then the whole thing's weird anyway. Yeah, extremely so how much older – how old was his mom? I think she was, like, 19, maybe. Okay. So, I mean, a lot older. Yeah. A little old to pull this off. Like, <laughs> yeah. Mom, you were 40 when you had me? Like, right. okay, whatever. Well, I mean, it happens, but – My brother-in-law is 13. Yeah. She was 40. She I have a, a a half-sister that's, like, a year <laughs> <Two>. old. Yeah. <laughs> So eventually, as Ted gets a little older, his cousin spills the beans and says, uh, no, that's your mom. They lied to you. (laughs) Ted's like, nah. Finds his birth certificate and is like, oh, that's weird. (laughs) How old is he when this happens? Um, I think early teenager. Okay. Or younger, maybe. All that reminds me when you say spill the beans. Have you ever seen Hot Rod? Probably, but I don't remember. Oh, my God. It's that uh, Andy Samberg movie, Hot Rod. And they, they're, like, standing in his bedroom, and he's like, okay, cool beans. And then it's just, like, this whole, they're like, cool beans, cool beans, cool beans. And they just Boy. keep saying it. It's so they're, funny. They're spilling the beans. I love, I love that movie. It's so funny. So Ted is angry. <laughs> as well, any he's an kid angry would, person. Well, but any kid would be – you're my sister mom. Like, who are you? Why is this happening? Who's my dad? You got a grandpa dad, too. Right. So. <laughs> like, and people wonder why that what happened. new meaning to granddad. <laughs> right. Like, and people wonder why he's like, woohoo. Right. Anyway. Well, there's the start. Right. Like, from birth. This is, this is a case of nurture, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> right. It definitely was. So, eventually, he, he goes to live with his mom. And, uh... Her husband, Johnny Bundy, adopts Ted. I thought when you said he was adopted, he was, like, adopted by people he didn't know. No, no. His his uh, mom's husband adopts him. But I guess you don't really know any of the people that you're adopted by, so that was stupid. But you know what I meant. I knew what you meant. <laughs> so he's raised the rest of his childhood in Washington. Um, Ted becomes an avid skier. As one does in Washington. Right. What else, what do you else have to do? is there to do? <laughs> um, he got arrested a few times in high school for burglary and car theft, which Who doesn't? is what gets him caught later in life, so he probably should have gave up that hobby. <laughs> and, it's not uh, a good pastime, Ted. But all of these arrests in high school are expunged at 18. Mm, perfect time so to do it So he starts all. fresh, right? <laughs> so Ted's life is already weird, and it just continues to get strange. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so Ted decides to attend a few different colleges. He goes to one, doesn't like it, goes to another. Um, one of his majors at one of the colleges was Chinese. What? I literally wrote Chinese. Huh? Why? Useful, nah? What? I didn't even know that was a major <laughs> you could take. Um, I was talking to my mom about this because, you know, we like serial killers and stuff. And she said that, you know, Ted was just really smart. And so what harder of a thing could you possibly want to learn than Chinese? Just seems like a weird it, major. It is weird. His majors make more sense later. So he drops out. But, uh, Eventually. He goes yeah. back, but he drops out. And he meets... Okay. So almost everyone in Ted Bundy's life has two names, or three. Depends on... Don't most people have two or three names? No, no. I mean, like, different names. Like, like... I have three different names. Like, Susan... Like, Susan Smith would also be, like, Marie Washington, who would also be, like... Okay, so they have Anna. aliases. Yeah, but I don't, okay. know, I don't know what is real and which is the right <laughs> names. And it depends on ted's version to to real life like i don't know <laughs> that's weird so this is gonna be hard to follow so well i've tried to I, i've made it easier so he eventually meets a lady named elizabeth klepfer aka liz kendall aka the main uh storyteller in the netflix movie okay so from now on she will be called liz great easy they meet in 1969 she's a divorced mom and she becomes the main love interest for Ted until after he's arrested. I say main love interest because there are others right. sprinkled in. Yep. At one point, he is basically engaged to another woman. Who what? He, who he then dumps by never answering the phone anymore. He ghosted her. Well, ghosting was this a thing is then. the best part of the ghosting situation. Eventually, she calls him and he does answer. And she's like, what? You know, <laughs> kind of like, what's going on? And he says, what are you talking about? And hangs up the phone. <laughs> And never talks to her again. New number who does. Yeah. Um, But they think it was because she had dumped him before and he was just getting payback on her. So he made her think that they were going to get married and all this stuff and then he just poof and disappeared. So, you know, spiteful and slightly petty. Right. But, you know. So, in 1970, Ted re-enrolls into college at the University of Washington for psychology. That makes more sense. Yeah. He's an honor student. And honorary asshole. Here's a favorite part. <laughs> he worked at a suicide crisis prevention line. Huh? Yeah, he was telling people how not to die. What? Yeah. Do you think that he maybe was like doing that, like fishing? Oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> like, what easier targets than sad women that call a suicide line? Right. I mean, I don't know how much information they provided up front, but he was smart. He could probably find them. Yeah. He majored in Chinese. He could find anything. <laughs> yeah, even if their name is Long Duck Dong. But you haven't seen those movies, so never mind. It's name not. Okay, so Ted graduates in 1972 and works on a uh, Republican political campaign. Okay. He's well-loved there, which he seems to be well-loved everywhere he goes, which is part of his charm. Yeah. If anyone is super charming, probably a serial killer. Right. Don't trust charming people. No. They're charming for not a reason. Right. They are doing it to lure you. Right. Like, we are not charming at all. No. We're stay assholes. far away. So you're fine. Yeah. Come, you can come around us, but we yeah. want you to stay far away. <laughs> right. We don't want to lure you closer. No. We will not speak with you or interact <laughs> at all. No. So, in 1973, Ted's accepted to law school in Utah. 
Okay. He just, I don't, there's so many states I hear in this. He, like, he moves around a lot. Okay. There's like four states that he's been to Oh, already. there's more, eventually. So, by 1974, Bundy starts skipping classes, and by April of that year, stops going completely. What was his major this time? That's when he was in law school. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't think skipping classes and stop going in law school is like a good idea. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but it works out, well, as good as anything can for Ted later. Right. So women start going missing in the Pacific Northwest during the time that he starts skipping school. Hmm, that's peculiar. Right. <laughs> this should have been obvious to everyone around, but it wasn't. <laughs> so this says early murders because it's unknown when Ted actually started killing people. I mean, it had to have been... Well, it might have been even earlier. A than long think. time. So he told one person that he first kidnapped someone in New Jersey in 1969, but didn't kill anyone until 1971. Good job. Snaps. I mean, he lasted two years. That's great. So then he told someone else that he'd killed two women in Atlantic City in 1969. Uh, okay. Then he hinted to someone else that he had killed two women in Washington in 1972, and then that's when it started. Okay, so this is all just But it's weird because Ted's pretty honest. <laughs> Ted's pretty honest eventually about all of his crimes. So it's weird that there's like some weird He probably just honestly doesn't vi- know. Well, yeah, I mean, there's I'm going to give you a thousand names. It feels like <laughs> So he can't remember. No. And when stuff's going like that, it's just go- who knows what's going on. Right. So it's suspected that Ted's earliest murder actually um was an eight-year-old named Anne-Marie Burr in 1961 when Ted was just 14. What? Ted denies it, Um, but it's circumstantial evidence that says that that's his first real killing. Okay. I feel like he would, your first one is one that you would most certainly remember, no matter how many you do. Yeah. I mean, if he did it, he remembers. And he would tell, because he he loved the attention. Well, he... He eventually kills 12-year-olds as gro- as a grown man. So That's I don't awful. So at first I thought, well maybe he doesn't want to say he killed a child because yeah. that is horrible, but he admits to killing a child later. So it's it's not it's not like he only kills people yeah. over 18. Right. So I'm not sure what. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go with no. That he didn't do it? No. He would tell if he did. I think so. But you think he did? No, I would think did he? he would tell. Yeah, I think because he Because he tells did. everything. I mean, he gives yeah. crazy detail eventually. Yeah. Detail no one needs to know. No. And why it's all stuck in his brain, I don't know. So this is when the famous Ted murder spree starts. In the year that the murders start, Ted is working as the assistant director of the Seattle Crime Prevention Advisory Commission and wrote a pamphlet for women on rape prevention. (laughs) What? I mean, who better to tell you how to prevent a rape than, <laughs> than a, a rapist? rapist? <laughs> they just don't know that that's who's writing it. Right? I mean, it's either going to be the best information or the exact opposite of Walk what you should do. Walk down every dark alley. <laughs> right. Those are the safest because there's never anyone there. Yeah, like... <laughs> never carry don't mace. Don't check the backseat of your car yeah. before you get in. Don't lock any doors. It makes it makes it slower when you're trying to run away and get in your car. <laughs> Sleep with every window open Yeah, and you need an easy escape from the house. Yeah, like... I read that and literally was like, <laughs> what? It's just hiding in plain sight. He, he, he's literally working for a 
crime prevention. <laughs> and he's literally out but killing I, people. You hear that all the time. You do because they – what a better place to go. Yeah. Like, what a better place – like, no one's going to suspect the guy that's, no. like, trying to stop women and from being raped is raping women. if you work for the crime prevention place, you know everything about the crime. Like, right. all the crime that's going on. You know on. what they're investigating. Yeah, you, know you have all on. the inside information. Mm -hmm. So you know what to do. Yeah. That was, like, some case – I can't even remember, like, any of the information. I just remember there was something about somebody was killing people – and he was like a janitor at the police station or something. Oh. Or he, he, I don't know if he was a janitor or he like delivered supplies or something. So he would come in every week and clean or do whatever in the detective's offices. Have all the information. And see all the information that they had about him. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. That's I smart, wish I could though. remember what that was. Yeah, I'll have to try to Google that. It was one of the oh, mazillion podcasts I've listened to. Yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah. Um, so in the first half of 1974, college women go missing at the rate of one per month. Ew. And everyone is terrified. Oh, uh, yeah. Which, duh. Right. So, you ready for a lot of names and dates? Yes. Lay it on me. Because it gets wonky do. I just burped up donut. Burped up what? Donut. I thought you said dill pickle. And I was like, I've been with you for like six hours and I you did, did not, not eat a dill pickle. None of that rolling out of my mouth felt I like it should be, be dill pickle. <laughs> anyway, okay. So on January... <coughs> <coughs> Are you done? Yeah, sorry. Just kidding. Are you okay? Yes. On January 4th, 1974, Karen Sparks, who's 18 and a student, lives in a basement apartment. Ted breaks in, obviously, beats her with a metal rod of her bed. Uh, he just must have bare arm ripped it off. <laughs> I don't really know. He yeah, then, well, he's been in the gym, hitting the gym while he's been missing Well, his based studies. on how Zach Efron looked, mm -hmm. he was in the gym. He's been hitting the gym. Yeah, so um, he beats her with a metal rod from her bed, sexually assaults her with the rod, causing internal injuries. That's horrible. terrible. Yeah. So she... Uh, suffers a 10-day coma but survives. That's amazing. It really is. I can't imagine. I, I can't Do imagine. you even want to survive? That, well, okay, so some of those things when you see the people that are horribly attacked, yeah. like, you're like, Does it, but are they, like, okay? Like, do they, <laughs> like, are they okay with them being okay? Like, right. I can't walk. I can't, like, see out of an eye. I can't, like, talk on my... Like, I wouldn't yeah. want to be like that. No. But I mean... Go, Karen Sparks. Yeah. You tough lady. Get it, girl. Yeah. So then on 2-1 of 74, Linda Ann Healy, again a student, also in a basement room, which, I mean, is the easiest one to get in, I'm sure. Yeah, you just hop through the window, right onto the floor. She was beat unconscious, and then Ted later says he dressed her up and carried her away. What? To where? I do not know. What is he dressing them in? Who knows? Probably some fancy dress in their closet or something. That's so bizarre. It is. So, 312 of 74, Donna Gail Manson, 19 and a student. I'm sorry, is she part of the Manson family? No. This is post-Manson family. Um, I mean, she obviously is part of the Manson family, just not the Manson family. <laughs> a Manson family. family. Yeah. So, she's 19 and a student. She leaves her dorm to attend a jazz concert and is never seen again. Well, that's because jazz is stupid. <laughs> Just kidding. We love jazz. No, I don't like it. No, it's not my favorite. Um, so on four seventeen seventy four, so we have one per month for four months already. Susan Elaine Rancourt, 
a student again, is headed back to her dorm after a meeting with, I think she was on like a council or there was advisors or something. Yeah. She never makes it home. Mm. There are witnesses though. Okay. If there's, are these college girls all missing from the same school? Um, I'm not sure. I think it's from the area. Like, I think there might be like, um, one in Seattle area, one in like Portland area, one in. Okay, but it certainly is on the news. Oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Okay, that definitely if, happens. If college girls are going missing at a rate of one per month in the area that I'm, I'm dropping going to out college, and I'm moving to a secluded island, I'm fucking carrying a gun. Yeah, or yeah, a bazooka. I'm not going maybe. anywhere by myself. No. No. I'm not walking anywhere, which I don't really like to walk anywhere. Anyway, so. Right. I'm not walking anywhere. I'm not biking anywhere without a fucking shotgun strapped to my just side. Just kidding. Like, I'm in Russia, like, <laughs> right. strapped to my back. Yeah. So there are... Come wi- on, me homeboy. <laughs> Catch me outside. How yeah, about that? Catch me outside. How about that? Um, so witnesses actually uh, see Ted with Susan. And they report seeing a man with a sling... Oh, is this the one that goes missing at the beach? No, that happens later. Oh, does he use this sling? Yeah, often? he uses that he's injured oh, almost yeah, yeah. all the time. Yeah. Which is smart. Yeah. Who well, who is, is threatened by a man in a sling? Well, or a man with a leg cast. Mentally. Well yeah. <laughs> True. So they report a man with a sling asking for help and he was driving a Tans Volkswagen Beetle. Could you be more obvious? Well, it pays off for a little bit. Could no? you pick a more inconspicuous vehicle? Also like they're little. Like, you're trying to yeah. knock women out and shove them in there? They're small. Uh, right. The trunk is... like a Yukon. Yeah. I made them then, but... Well, at the very a least... A blazer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not a fucking beetle. No. I, I mean... He modifies his beetle, though. One of our friends just got a Volkswagen, like, truck. It is not really a truck, though. It's like... The front end is like a car, and it's like a car with a bed. An El Camino? It's like an El Camino, but it's very, very much smaller, <laughs> and it's a VW one. That's weird. Uh, they literally lifted it up off the ground the other night. If when I'm buying a Volkswagen, it's a that, bus. That and I'm traveling in it would be appropriate, right? Because it's got a truck bed. You can put a topper on it. It's great. Well, and we already know you can hide dead bodies in a truck bed. <laughs> right. That's true. Uh, the trunk of a Beetle. I don't, no. I don't even feel like you could fit a spare tire in that. No, it's weird. It's not even for and the groceries. In the front. Yeah. Yeah. No. So it's going to be even more obvious. Mm-hmm. It's going to stick out even more because you're, oh, look, that person's getting it. But maybe they might have been really popular then. So I think they were. may not have been the same as today. No. Like now, a tan Volkswagen Beetle would definitely stand out. Right. So um, on 5 6 74, Roberta Kathleen Parks is a student again. She leaves the dorm to meet her friends and never shows up. Of course. And then we have one that's not at a college. So on 6174, Brenda Carol Ball, 22, so we're getting a little older, disappears from the SeaTac Airport parking lot. What? Seems like a random place, but um, she was the seen. airport security wasn't as she, tight back then. No, no. <laughs> you could just walk up and get on a plane. You didn't right. have to tell them who you were. No. And planes were sketchy. And people dressed up super fancy. It was weird. For the plane? Yeah, like, when my mom and her grandparents would go on trips, my grandma, like, had special, like, flying outfits. Like, they were fancier than church. That's because it was so sketchy that if you died, you wanted to make sure you're you in your Sunday dressed. best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you were dressed because you were it. That plane was your coffin. Yeah. So, um, again, she was seen with a man with dark hair wearing a sling. 
611.74. So we're just trucking right along this year. He's just <laughs> popping them off left and right. Georgianne Hawkins. She's walking in a well-lit alley between her boyfriend's dorm and her sorority and goes missing. Okay, if people are going missing, your boyfriend's shitty if he didn't walk you home. Th- my thoughts exactly. <laughs> and it was a well-lit alley. Like, you don't think about people going missing in, like, well-lit areas. I mean, it happens, but mm, I mean, you think, like, oh, If you add alley, alley to anything, I feel like it's sketchy. Yeah, main sidewalks. No yes. alleys. Yeah. Again, though, witnesses see her with a man, but this time he has crutches and a leg cast. Okay, how does he fit these things in his car? I don't know. Like a sling, yeah, you just fold it up. Crutches would be hard. Yeah. Is he riding with it out the window, like when those well, people go to Menards and get lumber that doesn't well, actually fit in their car? I'm going to give you details about his car later. Great. So that might help. Uh, was his He the also one- is in a leg cast, mind you. He was, put a leg cast on himself. <laughs> yeah, but it probably just had, like, hinges on it. It just snapped open. Probably. He just made a mold and made yeah. one. Is his the one that he undid the seats? Yeah, he has no passenger front seat. Okay. Then I mean, he has one, but it comes out when he's going to get people. Then there's someone else that undid the locks on the inside, or the door he, That might have been him. On the No, I thought it was two different people. There might be. It might have been him, though. I don't know. Who knows? He probably did all sorts of weird stuff. Oh, yeah. So, at this time now, so he did work for the crisis, or the uh, crime prevention, whatever, whatever. Now Ted is working in Olympia at the Department of Emergency Services, a state government agency involved in the searching for missing women. Oh, well, that's... Don't go look over there. No. That mountain's got nobody. Don't look over there. Nope. Mm -mm, Nothing to see here. So he meets, while he works there, a woman named Carol Ann Boone. Nut job. Um, And she becomes very important in his life later. Yeah. Good. Weird. So these six missing women become very publicized. Obviously. Right. There's a pattern. Yeah. Um, And they start to know there's similarities between all of these things. They're gone at night, which is obvious. That makes the most sense. Nobody kidnaps people for broad daylight. (laughs) I mean, it does happen, but it's rare. Yeah. They were all near construction sites. That's weird. Right. I don't understand the significance of that. Was it like hiding in the construction sites? I don't know. He doesn't seem to be hiding at all because he lets people see him all the time. Yeah. It's just so weird that he got away with it for so long because it's like he just strolled up and was like, oh, God. Like he even tells people at one point his name is Ted. (laughs) He doesn't even use a fake name. No. But I guess it was a different time back then. It was. And there wasn't DNA, and there wasn't all that good stuff, right? No cameras, nothing. Right. You just had to go off sketchy sketches. Right. Yeah. That that don't look anything like anybody. So, more similarities. (laughs) More similarities between the girls is they have long, usually dark hair parted down the middle. It's the son of Sam's shit here. So, that would not be good for me. I'd be fine. Yeah, you, you'll be safe. I haven't um, parted my hair down the middle since 2002, probably. Yeah, I mean, I don't part my hair down the middle either. But sometimes it just doesn't on its own. Um, they were all wearing, this is a weird detail, but they were all wearing pants, which, I mean. I wear pants every day. Right, but, like, I, I don't know if they pointed out because there's the whole thing of, like, women wearing clothes that provoke the men to do it, you know? Pants? Th- that's what I'm saying. They weren't wearing the clothes. Like, you know, like, oh, she was wearing a short skirt that she was asking for. It. It's the whole mindset, you know? Where these women were wearing, like. Super just normal clothes. 
I don't know what the point was, but, um, and then there was always sightings of, well, not always, but usually sightings of a man with injuries and a Volkswagen Beetle. Mm. Now it should not be that hard to find a tan Volkswagen Beetle. No. Also tan. Who has a tan Beetle? Yeah. I don't... It's disgusting. That is sick. Well, some people call it yellow. Some people call it tan. Some people call it a light brown, which I mean is tan, but. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So this is the one you were talking about. So July 14th of 1974, Janice Ann Ott, 23, and Denise Marie Nosland, 19, are both abducted from Lake Sammamish near Seattle. Yeah. Two in one day. Oh. That's getting ballsy. Yeah. From Brave the same place. out there. <laughs> we are not doing that. Are you done? So, uh... Witnesses reported seeing a young, attractive man with a Volkswagen Beetle. Oh, was it a light brown one? Probably. Or tan? He had like a... He, he, he told the women he needed help getting his boat into the water. You ain't bringing your boat with a fucking Beetle. Well, they, they would get there and there'd be no boat. Obviously. Unless it's a dinghy. And maybe or it was a, a blow-up raft. Maybe he bought a wood-carved canoe from Davenport. It could and be. is down canoeing. I don't maybe. know. Maybe. So, but you can't canoe with one arm. So, why do you need help getting your fucking canoe into the water? I don't know. People sometimes just don't think. No, no, no. Um. So on nine six, so roughly two months later, house hunters in the area find the remains of those two girls two miles from Lake Sammamish. Did he take them at the same time? No, he took one. He lured with the boat thing. Yeah. Which, come on now, girl. And the other one was, like, at a picnic or something with friends, went up to the bathroom, and he got her somehow. Mm, Don't like that. So, did he have them both in the Beetle? I don't know. Did he take one, come back? I don't know. Must have been a rough week. Yeah, he was, like, extra angry that day. So, six months later, so puts us about mm, January of 75, forestry students find skulls or mandibles... That belonged to Linda Healy, Roberta Parks, Susan Rancourt, Brenda Ball, on a mountain where Ted was known to go hiking. Can you imagine just, like, stumbling upon a bunch of jawbones and skulls? Like That'd be far better than stumbling across a bunch of bodies. True. I'm just surprised they were able to find mandibles, like, skulls and stuff. Like, that's just, like, one bone. Unless yeah. they were all just grouped together. Yeah. But Ted also doesn't seem like he'd be like, okay, you, Linda, next to Roberta. Like, I... F- he probably just had a place to dump them. And yeah, he was just like, was oh, like, this is good. But where's yeah. the rest of them? Animals. Well, Ted was known to decapitate. He he decapitates 12 of his victims. Yeah. And sometimes kept their heads. That? For like a little while. Is So the maybe beetle? their bodies are dumped. Somewhere else. And then when the head starts getting bleh, and he can't keep it anymore, yeah. that's when it goes to this other place. That's weird. Yeah. Does he keep him in his beetle? Um, he keeps him in his house, I think, sometimes. Doesn't he live with his girlfriend? Um, he has an apartment, but he spends most of his time at Lizzie's, yes. Okay. But, you know, that's a good sign of a serious relationship when he keeps his apartment. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. We have different homes. So We're going back to Liz. <laughs> so, Liz sees a sketch made from the person that abducted these girls at Lake Sammamish. Which we all know. And she was like... Eyewitness sketches... Spot on. Yeah, they're great. She's like, mmm, that kind of looks like my boyfriend. Yeah. So she calls the police and gives them Ted's name. I don't have any information. I don't know. But this is his name. He, he resembles kind of, a sketch. Yeah. Probably told him he has a Volkswagen Beetle. 
which would have been a key piece of information. Right. So then Ted's on the move, right? So in August of 1974, Ted goes back to law school, this time at the University of Utah, and leaves Liz to move to Salt Lake City. So he's like, bye. I'll be back sometime. Right. So he later admits that in September, on September 2nd of 1974, he rapes and strangles an unidentified hitchhiker in Idaho. Why he was in Idaho? Don't know. Utah. Yeah. But um, <laughs> So here's a weird one. It, oh, we're just now getting weird? There's some odd, I mean, there's some pretty, like, normal, quote-unquote, murders. <laughs> yeah. And then there's some that are just strange. Yeah. So this one. October 2nd, 1974, Nancy Wilcox, 16, is lured and taken to a wooded area. Oh, okay. I'm going to tell you right now, if you're luring me anywhere, you ain't getting me to a wooded area. Yeah, the woods is not where I'm going to follow. Nope. I ain't following you anywhere. Especially the woods. Yeah. No. So, Ted says later that his plan was to try to quench... No, not the right word. Tried to quell? Is that the right word? He's trying to stop from wanting to murder people. <laughs> so his... I don't know. I think I don't quell know is word. the word I'm looking I don't, for. I've never even heard that word, so I don't know. Anywho, his plan at the time was to rape her and release her. Which Catch I mean, and release kind of guy. That's yeah. great. But he, quote, accidentally strangled her. Oh, whoops. To silence her. She was screaming. As one does. How do you accidentally strangle someone? It takes a lot of effort. Yeah. Like, every time I've ever heard anyone talk about it. It takes a long time. Yeah, they're like. Hard. Yeah, they're like, uh, yeah, they said it took way longer than I thought it was going to. Yeah, like, it, well. It's not like they're just laying there letting you strangle Right. Them. Yeah, there's a fight. Yeah. So, um, he buries her, but she's never found. We only know about her because he confesses to her later. Oh, even, did he not tell them where she was i think he did um but i just don't think they were able to pinpoint it enough to find her yeah so uh 16 days later 10 1874 melissa ann smith 17 is the police chief's daughter so now he's getting real cocky yeah is she disappears leaving a pizza parlor her nude body is found nine days later she was beaten raped sodomized and strangled I don't know that he knew she was the police chief's daughter, but I feel like um, Ted would find out somehow. He worked for... Well, yeah. Well, no, now he's in law school in Salt Lake City. Okay. But, like, who knows what he's doing? I mean, he might right. be, like, wor- he might be working somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. And, like, it might be common knowledge. I don't know. Yeah. So, he's packing them in. So, that... <laughs> Nancy was on 10-2. Melissa was on 10-18. Then on 10-31 of 74, Laura Ann Amy, 17, disappeared leaving a cafe. Her naked body was found on Thanksgiving. She'd been beaten, raped, sodomized, and strangled with a nylon stocking. You shouldn't wear nylon stockings. No, stockings are bad. Mm. Years later, when Ted's telling the whole stories and telling everything, he stated that with those two, with Melissa and Laura, after he killed them, he shampooed their hair. What? And put makeup on them. I can't imagine that Ted Bundy is a very good makeup artist. (laughs) My words here say, weird, comma, but okay. <laughs> it's, um... I don't know why. Maybe it's because he planned on keeping... I don't know if it was because they were younger, that he then took care of them, or if he just, like, liked how they looked and wanted to mess with them, or if he just was, like, 
having fun. You know, I don't it's know. It's just such a <laughs> puts the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again type thing to me. Like, I just imagine him shampooing it's like, yes, a dead okay, girl's hair. Back. Yeah, like, <laughs> shampooing her hair yeah, and, like, like, singing like a fucking nut job. Yeah, I, it's weird. Did he put makeup on himself? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right? Who knows? So then on 11-8, so we're, we're getting, like, we're not taking as long in between as we used to. Well, no, it's super easy. Right. He's like, I'm killing the game because yeah. I'm murdering folks Literally. left and right. Right. I'm not leaving anything anywhere that anybody can find. Right. Because after all of this, there is never a single fingerprint of Ted's found anywhere. How? He's a genius. I do not know. <laughs> yeah. So on 11-8-74, Carol Durant, 18, was approached at a mall by a man that was claiming to be a cop. Nope. And he tells her she needs to come outside to identify a car. I don't know why. No. She gets into the car with Ted. No. You don't need to identify the inside of the car. And, well, he tells her he has to take her to the police station. No. Mm -mm. When she notices that he's not driving the way of the police station. Uh, can I just tell everyone, police don't drive fucking beetles. Correct. Okay. And that's just not going to happen. They're not going to no. put you in the car to, like... You're going in the back of the car, for one. Right. And two, don't get in a police car unless you are under arrest. Right. If you ain't handcuffed, don't do it. Uh, yeah. And also, if they're seeking you out in the mall and being like, well, I just want to I just want to ask you a question about this car. Come on, let's go down to the station. Be like, nah. not today, Satan. Mm -mm. I plead the fifth. Right. I don't care about no, no car. No. And, like... I know nothing. Goodbye. I'm, like, an 18-year-old college student. I probably don't even have a car. Right. I don't know. Anyway, so when she says, like, bro, that's not the way to the police station. Where are you going? Ted rages, obviously. What? Like, she wasn't going to notice? <sighs> he pulls over... <laughs> this is one flaw of Ted's, right? <laughs> oh, okay. Just one. He tries to handcuff her. Okay. Accidentally cuffs both cuffs to the same wrist... What a dumb... <laughs> she gets out of the car and clearly runs away. What? And gets away. You could run away and get away if your hands were handcuffed together. Well, I think the plan was to handcuff an arm to... The door or something? Himself, the door, something he probably rigged in his car, who knows. But he he put both of them on her same wrist. That is one of the stupidest things... Which is very unlike Ted. I've ever heard. Well, I'm sure... He, she was struggling, and he was just cuffing yeah, wherever sure he could. I'm sure she got away, and he was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. My fingerprints are all over those handcuffs. Right? So that same day, she, pissed off, I'm sure. She must not have made it far. Oh, she makes it. Oh, she did? Uh-huh. Well, how are there no He must have been wearing gloves or something. Probably. He probably just sanded his fingerprints off. <laughs> could be. Um. So that same day, with a pissed off Ted. Mm-hmm. Deborah Jean Kent, 17, is at a school theater production to pick up her little brother. Oh, yeah, she doesn't stand a chance. No. A stranger asks her to come outside again. Nope. She goes. I can go nowhere with no fucking strangers. Right. And it's uh, they say that Ted was seen, well, I mean, the man was seen, like, pacing around the, the foyer and uh, stuff. Okay. But if a Zac Efron-looking stranger came up to me, right. I'm going. If John Wayne Gacy comes up to me and says, come with me, I'm going to say, oh, nope. to the no. Not today. If Zac Efron comes up, I'm probably going to go. I'm already following him before yeah, he like, even comes up to me. Wait, what? Yeah, I've been waiting for you to ask. Right. So she goes outside with the stranger and she is gone. But outside, where she disappears from, they find a key that unlocks the handcuffs found 
on the girl that escaped. Well, that's a coincidence. Also, like, come on, Ted. You're smarter than this. But, um, isn't uh, the keys to handcuffs just, like, a master key? Don't they unlock, like, all handcuffs? I don't know. I don't know if they found, like, a key that matched, like, the brand of handcuffs, maybe. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. But whatever it was, they found that. Okay. So, in November of 1974, Liz calls the cops again and is like, bro, these women are going missing. I've already told you. It's Ted. Like, I've already given you the name, right? But, (laughs) they don't arrest Ted because witnesses from Lake Sammamish failed to ID Ted in a photo lineup. Now, if you've ever looked at photos of Ted Bundy, not a single one looks the same. (laughs) Every mugshot is a different person, I swear. (laughs) So, who knows what he did by then. It changed how he looked. But they didn't, they didn't, they didn't pick him out, so the cops were like, yeah, we think, but we don't really have anything. Mm. So, Liz is like, well, you guys are dumb. Yeah. So, in December of 1974, she calls Salt Lake City sheriffs, and she's like, Dude. Oh, she calls him a second time? She calls three times total. Oh, really? Twice to the cops where she lives and once to Salt Lake City. Oh, I thought thought she just saw that sketch and called and was like, meh, pretty sure it's not him. She pretty much packs it on to these police like, yo. Oh. You know? But continues to have a relationship with Ted, which I find weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you stop. Well, and if you're scared, yeah. Yeah, if you stop, if you cut that off, he gonna... Murder, you mean? Yeah. So she calls Salt Lake City, um, and she's like, "Dude, this is your guy." And they say that they're he's the suspect, but there's no evidence right now because Ted was a master of not leaving evidence. Right. He became very good at what he was doing. So now we're moving east. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. On on one twelve of seventy five, Karen Eileen Campbell, twenty three who lives 400 miles from Salt Lake, disappears in the hallway at the Wildwood Inn. Now, she disappears in the hallway between the elevator and her room. Nobody heard anything or seen anything? It's bizarre to me. That is very bizarre. Her nude body is found a month later, and she died of blunt force trauma. Mm. Common theme. Yeah. On 315 of 75, Julie Cunningham, 26. So he's he's dabbling in some older females now. Yeah. She disappears. Well, he's getting older, too. So. Yeah. She disappears near Vail, Colorado, while walking to dinner with a friend. She is clubbed, oh. handcuffed, assaulted, and strangled. How did the friend not end up assaulted also? Um, the friend was, like, at a restaurant, and she was yeah. walking there to meet. Oh, okay, okay. She was walking to dinner with a friend. Yeah. She wasn't walking with the friend to dinner. Okay, okay. Yeah. I got it now. So, I was like, how does one person get picked off when you're walking right? together? So she's all the way in Vail, Colorado. So that's quite a ways from Salt Lake City. So Ted dumps her, as he does, and later admits that he, like, would drive six hours sometimes to just visit her remains. That is fucking weird. Also, like, Why? That's very bizarre, but I have I hear that a lot. Yeah, I mean, the people everyone keeps tokens and weird stuff. So on 4 6 of 75, Denise Lynn Oliverson, me, <laughs> 25, disappears near the Utah Colorado border while riding her bike to her parents' house for dinner. Her bike and shoe are later found. It's the one shoe thing again. Yeah, well, we know what happened to her. Is that what happens to all of the one shoes we find? <laughs> they just get snatched out the car they're driving. Oh, boy. Um, on 5-6 of 75, Lynette Don Culver, only 12, 
mm. is lured from her junior high in Pocatello, Idaho. She is drowned in Ted's hotel room bathtub. Oh. Sexually assaulted and dumped in a nearby river. Uh. So he goes from 26 to 12. Like, he, th- there's just no rhyme. Yeah, he doesn't care. He's just like, uh, you. Yeah. So in this time, um... Carol Boone comes to visit. Good old Carol Ann Boone. Mm-hmm. Um, he sees Liz a bit. He goes and spends some time with her and talks about marrying Liz. She apparently goes along with all of this. I would have moved while he was in Salt Lake. Witness and just protection dis- program. Disappeared. Like, yeah. just move. Like, there's yeah. no way. He's not. There's no internet. No. He can't find you. No. So, so he takes like a, like a six week hiatus. He's visiting friends. Friends are visiting him. <laughs> He's just hanging out. Vacation. Doing his... A sabbatical Yeah, sorts. doing what he does. And then on 6 Susan Curtis vanished from the Brigham Young University in Provo, Utah. This is the last confession Ted gives before he's executed. So all of these women, we know what happened to them strictly because Ted tells. Yeah. These later things, we don't get to hear from Ted directly. I feel like if he was going to keep talking, they... Could have and probably should have pushed his execution. Well, they push back it quite a, a few bit. times. Do they? So, yeah, and so I don't know why they. I don't know if he just says, "Forget it, I'm done." Well, yeah, then. In or that maybe case, he's like, goodbye. "I don't owe you guys anymore." Yeah, well, then bye. Right. So the bodies of Nancy, Deborah, Julie, Denise, Lynette, and Susan are never found. I don't know if Ted never tells them or if they just don't get they enough. Just can't find it. Yeah. yeah, and he tells them way later. So like. Yeah. The chances of them still being there. Right. Is Things change. Small. So the Washington investigators who are investigating all those all of those crimes before he goes to Salt Lake compile suspect lists. And they do this in a very strange way. They make lists of classmates of the victims. They make a list of Volkswagen owners named Ted, which that makes sense. <laughs> Uh, because in Lake Sammamish, he he told someone his name was Ted, so they had his name. Yeah. They do sex offender lists. They do all these random lists, yeah. and Ted appears on multiple lists. Not a suspect. But he becomes the prime suspect, obviously. Like right. It's it. Anyone can just tell. Like, come on now, that's who he is. <laughs> yeah. So this is when Ted's arrested in his first trial on eight sixteen of seventy five. Ted is arrested by a highway patrol officer in Granger, Utah, a suburb of Salt Lake. Ted was cruising a residential area before dawn. Probably looking for people. Right, like somebody out to get the freaking newspaper. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like, who knows? So, Ted sees the cop car and tries to speed away and flee. And the cop's like, nah, son. Always conspicuous. Yeah, like, nothing says I'm innocent, like, running from the police. <laughs> nothing says I'm innocent, like, burning rubber on your fucking VW bug and, pe- and peeling out of town. Yeah, and, like, I don't imagine it, like, gaining speed very quickly. No. So, yeah. So, the cop is, like, hmm. Mm. This is suspicious. Flashes a light into Ted's car, sees that the front passenger seat is laying in the back seat. And I wrote, huh? Mm. Um, they find a ski mask, a pantyhose mask, which also makes me say, eh? Right, it's not a mask, it's just a pantyhose. pair of pantyhose you Cut put off. over your yeah. face. Um, they find a crowbar, handcuffs, trash bags, rope, an ice pick, and burglary tools. Air quotes. Okay. Ted's explanation for all of these things? Can't wait to hear this. 
The ski mask? Because he goes skiing. Well, yeah. He's from Washington. The handcuffs he'd found in a dumpster. Okay. And the rest were just normal household tools. Do you have an ice pick at your house? No. I don't either. And what are burglary tools? And what's a pantyhose mask? You don't wear that to ski. No, you sure don't. Maybe under your ski mask to keep the warmth in you. I don't know. So the detectives now remember <laughs> the descriptions of the suspect, and they now remember Liz calling them. Right. Oh. Well, duh. Right. So they search his apartment, and what they find is a guide to the resort by Wildwood Inn, where the, the one lady disappeared. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. They find a brochure to the school production where Deborah disappeared from. Oh, so he's taking little mementos uh-huh. from these places? But they say there's not enough That's evidence. That's always how they get caught. Yeah. Yeah, because you keep stuff that doesn't right. fit you. Like, yeah. it's stuff that you shouldn't have. Exactly. Like how Dexter kept one little drop well, of yeah. everyone's blood. <sighs> Love that show. The I know. It was so stupid. Oh, my Don't God. It's literally st- the worst ending of any show ever. Fight me about it. it because it, it, so it is, is so awful. I want to physically assault everyone that wrote the last, like, five episodes. Yeah. Okay. I also want to physically assault whoever thought it was a good idea to make him and his... Sister, sister have a thing? Yeah, that... Yeah, the whole last season just needs a race. It's very, very weird. I do want to watch it again, though. Yeah, kind of. So, after all of this, that they find all of this stuff, there's not enough evidence to keep Ted. Ted is released. As they always are. Says that if the cops would have searched his apartment better, they would have found Polaroids of the victims. Oh, my God. That he then destroys, obviously. Right. I'm destroying, I'm burning those things. Yeah, burn the whole fucking apartment building. Like when, when Dexter knows Bye-bye. they're searching his apartment and he hides his blood <laughs> Yeah, things. yeah. Like, duh. Yeah. So Ted's then put on 24-hour surveillance. And... Um, they must not be surveilling very well. Well, Liz... They interview Liz, and Liz talks about how they would <laughs> – there's a quote from her that says they would walk out of their house, and so many cop cars would start up to follow them that it sounded like the beginning of the Indy 500. <laughs> like, okay. Every so car on the, it's the block. It's extremely obvious. Like, yeah, they're not being secretive. No, no, no. They're like, we're following you. This we don't is, care that you know it. This is not going to work. But also, like, you're not going to catch someone if you're so blatantly following them. Exactly. And Ted is a genius, obviously. Yeah. Or you'd have more evidence. Right. So how is... Yeah. Anyway. So Liz says at one point she found weird stuff in Ted's apartment. What? Here's the weird stuff she found. Crutches, which, I mean, I have crutches, so it's not really that weird. Yeah. When you're accident prone, like me, you keep those on hand. Yeah. A, a bag of plaster of Paris that Ted had stolen from an, from the art school at school. Maybe he wanted to make a cast of their hands that's held why, together or that's something. That's how he makes his hand, or his, his leg casts. It's decorations. She found a meat cleaver that had never been used for cooking. Okay, but who actually uses a meat cleaver for cooking? No, except for murdering people. <laughs> right, that's like what it's for. Yeah. It's it's for butchering things, including humans. Right. Most people don't even have a meat cleaver at their house. It doesn't no. even come in a butcher's block anymore. No, it's probably good that we don't have meat cleavers at my house. <laughs> um, she also found surgical gloves. Why he doesn't leave fingerprints. Uh-huh. And then something that's... I don't know why this is even a thing that's mentioned, but she found an oriental knife in a wooden box that he keeps in his glove compartment. Uh, because he studied Chinese. 
Right. He obviously is into Asia. <laughs> right. So, an oriental knife. Like, whatever. And a bag <laughs> of women's clothes. Was it like a ninja knife or something? But, like, I don't think a man keeping a knife in his glove compartment is really that odd. No, Austin keeps one in his pocket every day. Every goddamn time we go... To the tax slayer center to see or do he had anything. You to go back out to the car. No, he just throws it away. Because oh. usually we go in the winter. And yeah, you went walking. On <laughs> yeah, the by the time we get there, he's like, fuck, I forgot my knife was in my pocket. And they're like, well, just throw it away. He's like, fuck it, I don't care. Oh my god. So she also <laughs> finds a bag of women's clothes, which. Right. Okay, that's weird. So, um, Liz, I guess, kind of starts to question Ted a little bit. Well, wasn't she already questioning him? Um, before when she's yeah, calling. but I, I mean, think she she's gets probably a not little, questioning him directly. But. Yeah, I think she's getting a little a little more direct and a little more forceful with the issue. And yeah. Ted threatens her, "I'll break your neck." Basically, but, is what okay, he tells her. Okay, well, which I mean, mm, he ain't lying. Um, anytime she would talk about cutting her hair, which was long and dark and parted in the middle, he would act crazy and absolutely not let her change it. And the detectives break the news to Liz of Ted's other relationships. So oh, she's man. probably super pissed now. And she's like, oh, you out murdering people and you cheating on me? Mm. Hell no. No. So she is totally just, meh. Yeah, right? she's over it. Yeah. So, <laughs> good old Ted being Ted again. In September of 1975, Ted sells his beetle to a teenage boy. The cops then impound it. Great. They find hair matching Karen, Melissa, and Carol's in the car. Oh. Now, there is a forensic whatever guy that says something kind of funny because these women did not know each other. Yeah, why would they all be in his car? So he he says that, like, the odds of them all having hair in that car would be a coincidence of mind-boggling rarity. Maybe he was an Uber driver. Yeah, before that was a thing. Mm-hmm. He was the very first Uber driver. But I mean, also, like, hair matching back then was just, like, that hair could be theirs. Yeah, it's it not was like, super look at it under a microscope it and looks see if kind they of look alike, the same. Right? So then on 10 2 75, Bundy's pulled in for a lineup, which. Why? Okay, we could have done this, like, a year so ago. Long? So Carol, the one that got handcuffed and ran away, yeah. immediately picks him out. Yeah. Witnesses from the high school where Deborah disappeared pick him out. So he's charged with kidnapping and attempted assault on Carol. His parents, which I don't know if it's his mom's parents or grandparents, whatever, pay his $15,000 bail and he goes to live with Liz. <laughs> which, come on, Liz. She wants Girl. to die. Yeah, right. And she's... <laughs> She reports that, like, she would wake up and find him, like, under the bed sheets with a flashlight, like, looking at her. That's weird. Which I'd be like, <laughs> do that again and I'm going to freak out. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm going to shove this flashlight in your ass Stop get the fuck being away. a weird doe, right? <laughs> right. But, I mean, if you're suspecting him of murder. You don't say much. Yeah. Especially when you start to realize that you look exactly like all the other murdered women. Oh, right. Like, there was a reason. And you have a child, and he's not above killing children. Right. So, in November of 1975, <laughs> I love this too, the three main investigators, Jerry Thompson from Utah, Robert Keppel from Washington, and Michael Fisher from Colorado, hold a summit in Aspen, Colorado. <laughs> Ted created a summit. 
with 30 detectives and prosecutors so they could all talk about how Ted was the guy for all of these things, right? <laughs> Ted doesn't know this is going on, but, like, Ted has created such chaos. Right. They've had to have a summit about it. <laughs> they all decide that Ted's the guy. But none of them have enough proof for any of the murder charges. Even if we pull all our stuff together, we don't have it? But see, I don't know. But he doesn't leave anything anywhere. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, he does eventually, which... Um, so on 2-23 of 76, the trial for Carol begins. Ted waives a jury trial and prefers a judge bench trial instead. Four days later, the judge finds him guilty and sentences him to 1-15 to 15 years in prison. Which seems like a, a large difference yeah like you could serve one you could serve 14 like whatever in october of that year ted is found hiding in the bushes in the jail with an escape Uh, no story that starts with hiding in the bushes is ever a good well he's he's hiding with an quote escape kit that had roadmaps flight plans i was just gonna ask you what a social security escape kit contains information to get away Great. Where he got it? Good question. Um, did he have his flying clothes also? No, I'm pretty sure he was in a prison jumpsuit. So, mm. I mean, that would have been Well, that ain't going to work for the airport. No. I mean, people are probably <laughs> like, can... oh, look, he's a janitor. <laughs> yeah. But you can't. You got to wear nice clothes on the plane. That's true. So he gets solitary confinement for that. Because <laughs> they're like, you trying to escape? Nah, son. Okay. What bushes was he hiding in, though? In the yard. In, like, by the fence, I think. Why are there bushes in the yard? Make it pretty? I don't know. Put them outside the fence. Scenery? They ain't pretty inside the fence. No, I don't know. So at this point, Ted's officially charged with Karen's murder. He first resisted, but then eventually waives extradition, and he is taken to Aspen in January of 1977. (laughs) And this is where Ted pulls a Ted, right? (laughs) On 6-7 of 77... Bundy was transported from the Garfield County Jail, where he'd been serving, waiting trial, to the Pitkin County Courthouse in Aspen, Colorado. Now, what I don't understand is why he was housed in one county jail and moved to a different county courthouse, but whatever. Yeah, that's weird. It's not normally how that works. So, since Bundy was his own attorney... (laughs) Always good. He was afforded extra perks. He didn't have to wear handcuffs. He was not shackled. He had access to the library. He had... Opportunity to use the phone, um, unchaperoned. Always good. Because, you know, lawyer, client privilege. I guess. When it's yourself. Hello, Ted. Hi. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> he calls Liz a lot in this You can time. consult with your lawyer at any time okay. you want, Ted, as much as you do? want. I don't know, Ted. What do you want to do? I think we should plead guilty, Ted. No, we're not doing How do we get Ted. another travel kit? <laughs> yeah, how do we get an escape kit? So, during this... <laughs> during this... In this uh, hearings and stuff, Ted asks to use the law library. Gotta look something up. I need to be by myself. Right. As one allows when you're on trial for murder. So, he gets away from the guard's view, opens a window, and jumps out of the second story onto the ground. I'm sorry. Can you imagine, though, if you were just walking by and you were like, ah! (laughs) <laughs> like this person just comes flying out of the and he's window. probably wearing a jumpsuit um he might have been dressed normal either way i'd be like how that's an escapee okay but I, you can't just hop out a second story window well <laughs> there's a rumor <laughs> that ted had spent 
much of his time jumping off of the top bunk onto the cement floor in his cell to strengthen his legs. That is the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah, because, like... Okay, A, do you not have a roommate? Uh, I don't know. Because I, I can't imagine the jail in Aspen, Colorado is, like, full of people. I don't know. But if you have a roommate and you're fucking jumping off the top bunk... I would punch them every time they jump down. I would be going to trial again for murder because yeah. I'm fucking like, kill you. Do you really think that's going to work? Like, is it <laughs> you, just going to toughen up your feet yeah, or what? You're hopping, what, uh, three feet down further or what? I literally put LOL at the end of that. <laughs> so, it's just the most ridiculous like, concept. Like, who's like, hmm, I'm going to jump off of here all the time. Yeah, I'm going to jump off of this bed 455 <laughs> times and, and that should equate hopping out a second story window. Also, where the guard's not like, Ted, what the hell are you doing? Exactly. No more monkeys jumping on the bed. Right. Sit your ass down. Yeah. I think Ted got to just... People liked Ted, so I think he just got to kind of do whatever he wanted. Mm, so So he jumps out the window, sheds some of his outer clothes into a different outfit, and walks right out of Aspen. (laughs) Now, by this time, they already know he's gone, because the guard (laughs) finds that he's gone. Yeah, the guard's like... Oh, I fucked up. Oops. <laughs> Should not have left him no. unsupervised. No, so then they set up they set up traffic stops on all the main roads. What, he ain't gonna be... Well, see, they assumed he'd steal a car. Mm-hmm. Okay. But he walks right out of Aspen, right past all the barricades and everything. <laughs> so, so we're stopping all the cars going in and out, or I guess just out, but we're not stopping pedestrians? Apparently not. So Especially... He- there ain't nobody on that He's police force. He's hobbling because he sprained an ankle and he fell. Oh, he did? He did. Oh, so all so, that strength training was for nothing. N- yeah, no. So he's hobbling. <laughs> like, he looks like Ted Bundy. I mean, like... <laughs> right. And there's no law enforcement agent anywhere in the city that... Doesn't know who he doesn't is. Doesn't know who he but is. But see, Ted had done... Ted had grown a beard. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. And done TV interviews. Mm-hmm. And then shaved right before trial. So, to the public in the area, they would be looking for him with a beard. Yep. He's clean shaved. He's hobbling around. Like he's, he's just so smart. He really, he <laughs> might be one of the smartest humans to ever live. Like, had he only been a normal child, like right? a normal childhood, maybe he'd have been like Albert Einstein. Instead, okay. he's like this. But I mean. That had to be somewhere in there. Anyway. Yeah, there's some. The murder gene was there somehow. Yeah, there's definitely nature involved. <laughs> Yeah, so he climbs a mountain, <laughs> you know, as one does when they're escaping. Right. There's he nowhere finds else a, better to he go. He finds a cabin, breaks in, steals food, clothes, uh, and a rifle, which, I mean, Great. helpful. So <laughs> he wanders around in the woods and tries to go to a town, gets all, you know, messed around. Turned around. Yeah. And, you know, he's in excruciating pain from the ankle injury. And so eventually he finds a golf course and steals a car and drives back into Aspen. I'm sorry, a car or a golf cart? A, co- a car. Okay. At the golf course. Stupid. He should have took a golf cart. Well, he can't get very far in a golf cart. That'd be a little obvious. But he drives back <laughs> into Aspen. That's dumb. Go the other way. Right. He gets caught because he's swerving around because he's almost passed out from the pain in his leg. From a sprained ankle? Well, I guess... Well, he jumped out of a second-story window. I guess if you sprain your ankle and then hike on it... Right. And I remember what I did to my ankle. And <laughs> I'm not going hiking on it. No. I couldn't walk on it. How did that happen again? I fell in a hole. 
<laughs> I was mowing our lawn, and oh, yeah. my foot got caught in a hole, and so the rest of my body went, and my foot did not. <laughs> and I screamed <laughs> so loud. My mom came running outside, and it was just bad. But, you know, the hospital here told me it was fine, and I could go to work the next day, and I could use crutches if I wanted. <laughs> you saw the picture. Yeah. Not okay. It looks like it has elephantitis. It's bad. Okay. So, Bundy obviously gets caught. He's back in jail. Like, bummer. But the case was actually going really well for Bundy. He was winning a lot of motions and hearings. And, like, he probably would have been acquitted had he not fled. Yeah. So, there's a quote from one of the people that Running tried to help him. never gets you anywhere except no. more time. Right. And you look guilty AF if you are running away. <laughs> right. So this was the quote, and I love it because it's just somebody that was around Ted that just totally got Ted. It says, quote, A more rational defendant might have realized that he stood a good chance of acquittal and that beating the murder charge in Colorado would probably have dissuaded other prosecutors. With as little as a year and a half to serve on the Durant conviction, had Ted persevered, he would have been a free man. That's terrifying. R- right? <laughs> but, like... He's not, he's so smart, but then he's not even, like, think about right. this for a damn second. He doesn't think of the obvious It was things. going so well for you. Like, they were getting things tossed out. Like, there was stuff that couldn't come in. Like, they were winning. Yeah. But when you run, that negates any chance you had of passing. <laughs> right. Like, you're, you're guilty. You might as well just plead guilty at that point. So, the first half of Ted, we need to end it. Okay. Powering down. <laughs> there's just so much in this story to tell. Yeah, there's a lot. So we'll we'll split it into two. Yeah. So you'll just have to hold your horses mm-hmm. for more information. Yeah, we'll make a second episode. That'll be in a couple days. Next week, maybe. Not really sure. I have a three-year-old, so the editing is kind of slow sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Yeah. yeah. What ifs? Yeah. So, we're on Facebook, go like our page, Instagram, yes. the the Twatter. <laughs> my good old Twitter. I finally linked the Instagram to the Twitter, which makes it a lot easier. Yeah. I don't know. I think I already did that on mine. I'm just, my brain. Yeah. It's Listen to us on Stitcher, Stitcher Spotify, love Stitcher. iTunes. Please rate and review us on itunes we have no reviews subscribe that's important too follow or whatever we're still waiting for our first review on itunes yeah and we don't want to write them ourselves like a special shout out yeah you're supposed to get a gypsy t-shirt yeah i don't know if it's actually happening or not but i promised it i had had no i had no qualms about it i just said yeah you're gonna get something and i'm gonna get a gypsy t-shirt that doesn't actually exist we might have to make one for you and it might not be very pretty but no maybe not but we'll definitely definitely say thank you do a shout out yeah your name will be heard by the seven people that listen to this (laughs) all 12 people so you don't have to worry about too much notoriety right shout out to our over the seas listeners we got like three of those that's crazy i know it's weird how'd they find us i don't know can we go visit I hope so. Well, like, go visit and then maybe meet them in a in a well-lit... A controlled environment. <laughs> well-lit, very public space. Yeah. Don't want to be murdered. No, 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 no. Murder's no. not my friend. Nope. Yeah, so we got all the things. Go do them. All right. Don't talk to strangers. And let's never meet. Bye. Bye. 
I'm tired. I need to go to bed. Me too.